Father, I want to thank you again for allowing me to speak this morning, I mean this afternoon. Lord, I pray that you give me the um, the spirit, your spirit, God. And as, as I speak your word, that it does not come from me, but come from, from you, God. And Lord, I pray that you open the hearts and the minds of the listeners, that they will be able to understand and also to accept your word, God. Understanding your word is one thing, but being able to accept your word is another. And we need your spirit in order to accept your word. Request them, I pray. Amen. First word of encouragement. I was touched by the, um, the service that the, uh, journey, the group <coughs> journey, and also Jenna had, uh, helped with the, um, baby shower yesterday. And, uh, you're commended for your, um, service. And I think that, you know, the Lord is very pleased with, with, uh, what you've done. Um, showing your love. Um, and compassion, you know, to, to your family. <coughs> and, um, yesterday I talked to, uh, to Kimmy and I asked her, well, what, what do you guys discuss? And she was telling me that you guys, you know, the journeys group was discussing about God's selection, God's sovereign selection and, um, predestination. And I said, wow, I mean, that's a very, very deep, uh, and profound, uh, Topic to discuss, and, uh, and I'm I'm glad because uh, you will need it for the message today. Okay, um, she was sharing with me, you know, how that you know they were discussing that they don't think that it's fair that God select people, and then she said, uh, well, there are two different viewpoints: the viewpoint of God chosen people and the viewpoint of those who are not chosen. And you know, she just hit the point that I'm gonna uh, touch on before the message is today, is when we talk about God, we need to keep things very distinct. The reason I'm saying that is there are two different domains. There are two realms. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And so when you cross the two boundaries, you have to be very careful in terms of the vocabulary, the message, I mean, the, the term that you use because you are walking on thin ice. <clears throat> because we are living here in the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of Satan, I think. So when we cross from the kingdom of Satan and try to get into the kingdom, kingdom of God, there's a boundary that we need to cross. And even in our mind, we do not understand, we do not comprehend who God is. Right? We don't know how he thinks. That's why I'm saying the Bible is so critical. It is the only source that we have in order to make a sense of to make sense of any reasoning. With that forward, I'm gonna begin the message today. <coughs> Actually, this message was triggered by two events, <coughs> by two things. About a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me an email, and the email was about this article I'm gonna read to you. And this was a. Uh, <coughs> A church in Iowa that sued the Civil Rights Commission about the guide that they put out. I'm going to read it to you. If a church directly or indirectly advertised is believed in such a way as to make a person, to make persons or any particular sexual orientation or gender identity feel that their presence is unwelcome, objectionable, not acceptable, or not solicited, it will be a violation of the law. Those who, identi- 
those who identify as LGBT, a lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, could interpret Christian doctrines on sexuality, homosexuality, and marriage to be discrimination against them on these terms. The church would be would also be in violation if it engaged in intentional use of names and pronouns inconsistent with a person's present presented gender. In other words, referring to a biological man as he or him may be an illegal act of discrimination if that person identifies as a woman, regardless of a church believes on the immutable nature of human sexuality. These regulations could result in a speech ban effectively gagging churches from expressing Christian doctrine. In a rare victory for the religious freedom, the Iowa Civil Rights Commission altered the language on their brochure, effectively conceding that churches would not be violating the law when pastors preach against homosexuality and transgenderism. Nevertheless, the fact that the law could have been interpreted to gag churches from expressing their beliefs, especially traditional beliefs on sexuality, that were taken for granted less than a generation ago is particularly troubling. That's precisely the kind of government outreach you could you could say tyranny our forefathers sought to prevent. If the government can tell a church how to operate, it won't be long before it tries to control the beliefs of individual citizens. And you know, I was kind of in the dark about Transgender. And so I started looking up what transgender means. And um, the first name that hit when I do a Google search was Bruce Jenner. How many knows who Bruce Jenner is? He's the same age as my oldest brother. In 1976, it was when he got the gold medal for decathlon. You know what decathlon is? It's a 10 Olympic sports that he set the world record time on all of them, or at least most of them, became the number one athlete in the world. It's called the super, I mean, another title for that is the superman, because no one can do that. And actually that title has been uh, reserved for the uh, Soviet Union. But then he captured the medal since 76. Became a very successful star, I mean, overnight. I mean, actually not overnight. But he worked very hard. Started training since 70, 72, right? Yeah, 72. Roll the calendar forward to 2015. Call me Catelyn. She or he tweeted. <clears throat> Catelyn Jenner. She tweeted, I'm so happy after such long struggle to be living my true self again. Welcome to the world of Catelyn. Can't wait for you to get to know me, her, me. Time Magazine declared this tweet the 10th most retweeted tweet of 2015, based on retweets of tweets. Four days later, Jenner was up 2.37 million followers, with another 1.5 million followers on Instagram. And the question on my mind was, how could a person who was so successful was raised a Christian? And actually, in his wiki page, the religion is Christian. 
So my, the question raised in my mind is how such a person so successful, not just in physical ability, but in all aspects of economical life, fame, fortune, he has it all. And the title message today is The Nature of God and the Nature of Man with Respect to Sin. And the motivation behind this message is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, start verse, in, uh, verse 3 to 6. Johnny, I'm going to need your help. I need one or two of you to stand up and read the passages that I, as I reference. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. Thank you, John. You know, as I read these things and think about them, the first thing that came to mind, my mind is that Johnny, your generation is going to face a big, big battle. Society will ban. The message I'm preaching today is probably going to be banned from, from being preached very soon. Actually, I was surprised that, you know, to read such an article so recent, so soon, because my anticipation is that it will take some time. But if an article like this exists, that means there are many other articles in the works which will be coming out. And my estimation is that this thing will go up to the Supreme Court, and guess what? The decision will be anonymous, banned on religious preaching against homosexuality. But you know what? There's no fear, because God has prepared it for a time such as this. Isn't it wonderful to, have to see God's word? Actually, I'm going to read from my NIV version. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the, contrary, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, without the word of God, you have no chance in debate against these people who have made up their mind in terms of what they want to do with their life. Let's turn with me uh, to Romans. The main text of our message today is Romans, starting chapter 1, verse 18. You know, one of the common uh, arguments <clears throat> about sexuality is that but God made me that way. Right? God made me that way. How do, how do you argue against that? That's why I'm saying is that you need to rely on God and see what He says. See, this is where you're crossing from the boundary of the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. Starting verse 18, it says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppresses the truth by their wickedness. Good. There are two different versions that we're reading. <coughs> One is the King James Version, which is up, up there, and the version I'm reading is the NIV. The reason I like to mix the two versions is because of this. Because some of the words is better translated in the NIV version. It's not 
better translated, but it's the same thing, but it's the word that that is easier for me to understand. See, this is what God sees, okay? Starting verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. In the King James Version, is that because that which was maybe known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For since the creation of the world, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay, let me roll back a little bit. The objective of the message today is not to condemn those who believe that they can be anything. Okay? So that's not my intention. But my intention is for us to look into our own lives, and see how sin incubates and continue to grow in our own lives. For although, verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Does this happen to you? This just happened to you. I'm sorry, but I have to hit you, young people. What kind of music are you listening to? What kind of game you spend your time? What kind of chatting activities you doing? You see, the scripture is so clearly. See, God is so clear and so precise. Yeah, I was talking to uh, to my trick class yesterday. How that in the past couple you know, past uh, couple weeks, I was learning how to make a jig or a tool that would allow me to cut, you know, allow me to 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 cut a precise cut on my table saw. And you know, this tool is so cool. I can cut it to the size of one thousandth of an inch. You know how that, how large that is? It's about the size of your, the width of your hair. And you know what I learned is that our eyes have a better accuracy than that. Thousands of an inch. Okay? Now imagine God who created our eyes. You multiply that by magnitude of what? Infinity. Then you know the kind of precision that God wants. See, here is God's indictment on us. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. What does that mean? And you know, this is my experience. Even when I'm doing my work, when I'm doing my research work, to investigate or to find a solution to something, my mind is so absorbed in this thing. And you know what? In the process of doing it, I can literally ignore, I can literally forget about God. Did you know that? I experience it. I do it. And there are times I have to force myself 
to hey, back up, back up. Because the way our mind, the way that God designed our mind is exactly as he described right here. Verse 22, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. And the danger is this. They do it without knowing it. They do know it, but in the process, it's like smoke. Verse 24, therefore God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of the bodies of one another. You know what depicts in the next few verses here are the peak. What happened when you allowed your mind to be drifted in such a way that it abandoned God? And actually, in this case, God abandoned you. God abandoned us. Because why? Do you know that everything in the universe is actually being controlled and being really orchestrated by the hand of Jesus Christ. Who can tell me where in the scripture it says that? That's your exercise. You know the fact that you safely drive on the highway and someone just didn't ram into you and cut or cut you across. Why? Because God is in control. You know that if God let loose, you're in trouble. Can you imagine someone driving in the highway and suddenly got a heart attack? What happened? Total chaos. I'm talking about the universe. The way the universe, universe runs, the order of the universe is upheld by the Lord Jesus himself. But in this verse here, it said, God gave them over to sinful desires. You know, when God got tired of you, he said, okay, you want it? Go ahead. Go ahead and do whatever you want. And at that moment, God withdraw. When God withdraw, guess what? You are on your own. You are on your own to deal with your own heart. Let's look at let's look at James chapter one verse thirteen to fifteen. Actually, verse fourteen. It said, "But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed." In the King James, you read, "But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin." And sin, when it's finished, bring forth death. Let's turn with me to Jeremiah 17, 9-10. It says here, The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure. Who can understand it? King James reads, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord searched the heart and examined the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds Deserve. So let me ask you, if God let go of you, what is your chance? What is your chance of being able to stay within the orbit of conduct that God wants you to behave? Zero. Because by default, your heart is so wicked that we will try to do everything to go against God. And you know, the funny thing is, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3, you got, it, you got down the outline there. Proverbs 19, verse 3. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Isn't that kind of funny? We mess up on our own account, right? But then we always blame God for it. Isn't that human nature? I need to watch my time here. How long do I have? Another 15 minutes? 
Okay, let's get back to Romans verse 26 27. Back to 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. You know, when I read this, it reminds me of the other quote that I saw. I'm going to quote it to you. Jenna received the Arthur Ashe Courage Award during the 2015 ESPY Award in July of 2015. ESPN executive producer Maura Mant said Jenna was given the award because she has shown the courage to limit, the courage to embrace a truth that had been hidden for years and to embark on a journey that may not only give comfort to those facing similar circumstances, but can also help to educate people and the challenges that the transgender community faces. And they call it a truth. What does God say? They exchange, they exchange the truth about God for a lie. You see what happens here? The truth that they think they are living out is actually a lie. And they didn't even know it. Verse 26, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. And the King James Version is that God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did exchange the natural used into that which is against nature. You know, this is why I finally learned that there's no way you can argue when people firmly believe in a lie, when God has given them over. And you notice this is the second time it said God gave them over, right? The first time is what it said, God gave them over to what? Sinful desires. Second one is shameful lust. Verse 27, in the same way the man... Sorry. In the same way the man also abandoned natural relations with women were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves a due penalty for their error. Verse 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. So the third time is when God gave you over to a depraved mind. What is a depraved mind? Actually, in the King James Version, it said, God gave them over to reprobate mind. What is reprobate? Does anyone know what reprobate is? Reprobate is unapproved, that is rejected, by implication worthless, cast away, rejected, reprobate. So when God gave you over to a reprobate mind, that's it. And then in the next three verses, it lists all kinds of wickedness that people would do. In verse 32, it says, Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. And you know, here's why I bring up this one principle. I call it the stick principle. You know what the stick principle is? You meditate upon the stick long enough, you will become a stick. There's a lot of truth to the magic wand. wand. You know that. If you worship an object long enough, you become that object. God created you to be a fine man. You think long enough that you're going to be a woman. You want to be a woman. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's exactly what the Bible teaches. So it has nothing to do with whether naturally God made me this way or that way. No. Because God says so. 
So I either accept God's word as a divine, unfallible truth, or I have to reject it. But you know, you may raise an objection. Hey, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. In verse, uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, it said, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. This verse has many implications. Yes, you are not as bad as those people. You are not as bad as them. But to the magnitude, to the degree of wickedness, you are doing the same thing. How do you spend your time? What preoccupies your life? I'm talking about even doing a good thing. Is this to glorify God or is this to glorify yourself? Okay, I'm going to stop the message here uh, for now and we'll continue this next week. Next week we're going to talk about God's uh, judgment, what happens. So I'm going to stop the message now and uh, uh, let's stand up. We'll, we'll pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this day, for... Uh, for your word. Father, I pray that you will help us to uh, meditate upon it and to think upon it. Lord, I pray that you give us uh, safe traveling as we uh, return to our home. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.